The Lord be with you. Thank you very much. I realize it's like nearly 50 degrees outside, so it might mislead you. However, Christmas is only one week away. Isn't that amazing? One, one week before we celebrate the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Next to the resurrection of Christ from the dead itself, the Alpha and the Omega of our faith. Augustine, St. Augustine put it like this. He was made man in the mother whom he himself had made, so that he might exist here for a while, sprung from her who could never and nowhere have existed except through his power. Isn't that great? I love that. We're one week away, and I, I realize it's the third Sunday in the season of Advent. We're supposed to be all sort of angsty and waiting and hoping, but I got Christmas vibes in my heart. Can we just sing a few carols? Would that be all right? That was not the enthusiasm I was expecting. I, I had in mind. But let, let's just, we'll see how you do. We're going to uh, sing, O Come All Ye Faithful. Jonathan will lead us. Come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Nice work. You sound great. This is like something out of Hallmark. Wait, do you have one more in you? Okay, good Christian friends rejoice. How about... You know that one? All right. Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and ass before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. And because no Hallmark movie would be complete without a rendition of Silent Night, can we try? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Silent Night, oh. you're going to have to wait. 
Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, a.k.a. J.G., has a background in choral music. Did you know this? Uh, he can play the mandolin and sing oratorio. This guy's for real. So earlier this week, I asked him if he would sing for us just the first line of Handel's Messiah. Anybody know Handel's Messiah? Yeah, every year I listen to Handel's Messiah on vinyl. Uh, Handel's Messiah begins borrowing from the prophet Isaiah in the same way that Mark's gospel begins by borrowing from the prophet Isaiah. And in fact, they both borrow the same chapter. This is how Handel begins the Messiah. pretty good, wasn't it? Not that way to go, JG. I, I, I asked him earlier this week if he would do that, and he looked at me like, and then I asked him again a couple days later, and he said, how did you put this? I've not been this nervous to sing in 10 years. <laughs> I thought he did a great job. Isn't it fascinating? Handel begins the entirety of the Messiah with comfort. Comfort my people says the Lord. Uh, the people of God had been exiled. They were in Babylon. Dislocated, disrupted, dismembered. And Isaiah stands up and Isaiah says, comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. And I'm wondering now if anyone here still isn't in need of the same. Comfort. Comfort my people. says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her. You have served your time. Your penalty is paid. You have received from the hand of the Lord double for all your sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. In the desert, make straight a highway for our God. Every valley will be lifted up. Every mountain and hill brought low. The uneven ground made level. The rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all people shall see it together. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He spreads the heavens out like a curtain. He stretches them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and the rulers of the earth to nothing. Sparsely are they planted, sparsely sown. Sparsely has their stem rooted itself in the earth. He blows and they wither. The tempest carries them away like stubble. 
With whom will you compare me? And who is my equal, says the Lord? Lift up your eyes and see. Who is it that created you? He carries the hosts away, numbering them and naming them as his own, giving strength to the weak and power to the helpless. So that no one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob? And speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't grow tired or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives strength to the weak and power to the helpless. Even young stumble and fall. But those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, and then 21 through 31, if you wanted to find it in a Bible near you, or the smartphone on you. I just find it fascinating. Isaiah begins comfort. Comfort my people, says the Lord. He, the, the, the Bible's big. The story of salvation is wide. He could have begun anywhere, but he begins comfort. Uh, Bible scholars call Isaiah chapter 40 uh, through chapter 55 the heart of the Old Testament. All of the stuff in the Old Testament that leaves our jaws dropped and our minds wondering, it's all, it's all pointing to this is the heart of it, uh, comfort. Comfort my people, says the Lord. Other Bible scholars call this Isaiah 40 through 55 the book of consolation. And N.T. Wright refers to it as the greatest poem ever written. And it starts, comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. They had been exiled on the spectrum between despair and hope. They couldn't see hope from where they were. They couldn't imagine a better day. They couldn't imagine the possibility of home and family and connection. And Isaiah stands up and Isaiah says, comfort. And I'm just wondering if anybody here knows the same need. I'm guessing you do. Remember last week, if you were here, maybe you were here last week, I asked you to write down on some cards some area in your life, an ache, a pain, a sadness that was in desperate need of Isaiah's vision. I'm not going to break any confidences, although I will break one. Uh, one person wrote down, uh, beat Alabama, go blue. <laughs> and I was moved. I was particularly touched. I'm not going to break confidences, but the, the, the stuff on these cards, the, the, the stuff in these pews, there's a lot of people in this place who are very concerned about our world condition. There's a lot of people in these pews who know a particular family dysfunction. There's people here who were honest enough to name addiction tendency to control, anxiety, illness, loss of ones they love. There, 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 there's, there's a lot that swirls in a sanctuary like this. I know y'all put your sweaters on and look nice on a Sunday morning, but if just beneath the veneer, there's some real action. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. 
Isaiah stands up amidst the devastation and announces comfort, and Mark, launching his incarnation campaign, borrows this very moment. So I thought maybe for just a minute we could look at that word, that, that call, that promise from two different angles. Is that okay? Comfort, because one is coming. That's what Isaiah's getting. That's what Isaiah's saying. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. In the desert, make straight a highway for our God. Every valley will be lifted up. Every mountain and hill brought low. The uneven ground made level. The rough places, a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. Comfort, comfort my people. There's one coming. And as Isaiah describes the one coming, it's the one who made the world, who spoke it all into existence. It's he who sits above the circle of the earth. And just as an aside, isn't it interesting? Isaiah refers to the earth as a circle. Flat earthers, you're going to have to deal with that. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and stretches it out like a tent to live in. The one who's coming is the one who made it all. Who says to us, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth the one coming is the one who has the power to create the world and to rewrite your life? Yes, yes, young men stumble and fall, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. He's the one who can do that. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. I like the way St. Augustine put it. Man's maker was made man, that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast. The one who made it all, the one on the way, the one coming, becomes the infant child, born for us of the virgin mother and the unsuspecting father in the backwater town of Bethlehem. He took on our vulnerabilities so that in vulnerability we can find safety. He took on the finitude of our experience so that in our Experience, we can experience the vastness, the expansiveness of his grace. He became small and weak and liable to the world's ills so that in our smallness we can know grace and in our weakness we can have mercy and in, in all of the illnesses of the world we might find salvation, comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. The one coming was wrapped in bands of cloth and laid in a manger the glory of the Lord about to be revealed. Isn't that amazing? So every year I listen to Handel's Messiah on vinyl. It's a little bit for me like watching It's a Wonderful Life. You know, you just, you just do it. You just got to do it. And this year particularly, I mean, mostly I'm a Munford and Sons kind of guy, you know, like Lumineers. But one night of the year I'll give over to Oratorio with crackers and cheese, and it's quite, quite nice, actually. This year, I noticed, for the first time, really, or at least it stood out to me, Handel begins his Messiah comfort. Why? Why start there? I mean, there's so many places to begin. And he starts with comfort. So I started doing a little looking into Handel's life. Uh, is it George Friedrich Handel? It was a rough life. 
His dad died when he was 11 years old. Just a little boy. Because he was pretty good at music, they, they carted him off to all the music schools. So his dad's gone, and he's separated from family. Starts writing music. Rises in popularity. Uh, didn't cover the ache in his soul, though. He had an eating disorder. That's not what we call it, what they called it then, but that's what we would call it now. Uh, drank a ton. Uh, I'm imagining, trying to hide salve the wound of his inner ache. 1737, he had a stroke. At least that's what some suggested. Others suggest he drank so much that he developed neuropathy and his fingers no longer worked. And his hands could no longer move across the keys. So they brought him into detox, basically, is what it was. And slowly but surely, his fingers started to work again, and his hands started to move again. And what do you think is the first thing he wrote after that breakdown? Take a wild guess. <laughs> Comfort. Comfort my people. Maybe, is it possible, I'm being imaginative, is it possible that Handel himself, himself experienced the coming one? Experienced the comfort? So I don't know where you're at. Navigating the contours of your life. It's probably a bunch of stuff going on. Comfort. Comfort my people says your God. There's one coming. The one coming took on what we are so that we could become like he is. Now that's the first angle of vision. Here, here's the second. Uh, comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. It's a command. I, I went on to biblehub.com, typed in Isaiah 40 verse 1, clicked the Hebrew link so that it was in the Hebrew language and, I, and then it parses it out for you. And I stand up here and act like I know stuff about stuff. I just read the internet. It's an imperative. It's a command. And you're the recipients, both of the promise and the command. You comfort. You comfort my people, says your God. 150 years of exile, pain, dislocation, disruption, dismemberment. And they're the ones called to be the comfort. Your pain doesn't exclude you from participation. Your ache doesn't put you on the sideline. Isn't this what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians? Blessed be the God who comforts us when we are in any affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted of God. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. You, you be agents of goodness in the world. You be agents of kindness in the world. You be agents of reconciliation and hope and joy. You, yeah, I know there's a lot going on. And still, and yet, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Uh, N.T. Wright parsing out this Isaiah 40 passage offers three, I thought, pretty helpful orientations to the call on us to comfort. He refers to us as waiting companions. Companions in the long art of patience and waiting. 
Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. But it's only now because there has been a long and sad then in which it seemed day by painful day that the now was never coming. So we sit with people and we wait. I know you want to fix it. Sit. Wait. Waiting companions. He refers to us as wise witnesses. I'm talking about what happens when the wise, prayerful mind that is already soaked in Scripture comes together with the listening and prayerful heart that is getting deeper and deeper into the problem that's being presented until a confluence takes place, like two rivers gradually mingling, and you are able to speak the word afresh in a way that carries its comfort right into the heart. Wise witnesses, we sit along those who suffer and wait for that moment when possibly, maybe, now the word becomes fresh. We point to the one who's coming, who came. He refers to us as wounded healers. God can and does use your pain, which in itself may be bad and the result of evil actions, our own or others, but which can, like the cross itself, be picked up and become a place where the love of God may dwell, the love which reaches out to others in pain, and distress. We're wounded healers. Your pain doesn't disqualify you. Your ache doesn't set you on the sideline. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Anybody have someone in mind? So I listen to Handel's Messiah. I tell you this every year. I'm kind of proud of it, to be honest with you. It's a little bit of bragging. Is that, is that weird? Uh, so it dawned on me, I saw it, I guess, for the first time. Uh, Handel starts his Messiah borrowing Isaiah chapter 40, the same chapter that Mark borrows his gospel announcement. I asked Jonathan to sing it earlier. He did a great job. He went home and found the, uh, what'd you call it? Manuscripts. Yeah, yeah. The manuscript of the music. Uh, here's, a, here's the cover of a very early version of Handel's Messiah. Now, here's, here's the music that Jonathan tracked down. Do you see the purple circle, Comfort Ye? And then just above it, can you read that? Handel gave instructions to the vocalists. It says ad libitum, which is where we get ad lib. Handel instructed the vocalists Ad lib. Here's, here's a little clearer picture so you can see it better. Ad lib. Do you know what that is? Ad lib. It, the ad libitum means freedom. Like, just make it up. Just bring yourself to the song. Figure it out. You can do it. Ad lib. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Ad lib. Ad lib. In whatever way you are, in whatever way you can, and whoever you, you do. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people. Ad lib. A gift card to a coffee shop to someone you know who aches. Ad lib, a waiting presence with someone who no one else wants to listen to. Ad lib, a prayer that only God himself will hear that you offer steadily for one who's sad. Ad lib, a generosity I can't imagine now but is on your heart today. Ad lib, make it up. Bring yourself to the story. Bring yourself to the song. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. There are as many people in this sanctuary and story in these pews that are required to make it up. Ad lib. 
I thought that was really good, actually. I thought you'd have said amen right there. So I will, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.